0: What is up? Welcome back to Adorned Podcast. We have missed you this summer. We are jumping back in with episode one hundred and thirty into a new series on the study of First Peter.
1: Hi, friends, and welcome to the Adorned Podcast. We're your hosts, Aaron and Casey. We would love for you to come join us each week as we discuss what it means to be made beautiful by God's word. Whether you are a college student walking to class, a mom folding laundry during nap time, or a boss babe sitting in rush hour traffic, we hope that we can encourage and inspire you to pursue a deeper understanding of the Bible. So, First Peter, why are we studying First Peter this fall? Good question.
0: Um, well, because it's Scripture and we like to dig into scripture. We last fall went through the book of James. And even if you're just looking at your Bible, um, like in the order that it's canonized, Mm -hmm. next would be first First Peter. Peter. Yep. Yep. And in partnership with, um, PAO, which is Mm -hmm. another ministry that we partnership, they are, they're studying through first Peter. And so it gives us a chance to kind of link arms together and just really pursue God and his word, um, in community.
1: Yeah, And you'll hear us refer to their study some because they are pushing this out to um, their ladies that are walking through that. So we'll refer to their study some, but we'll try to not do that too much mm-hmm. in case you're not doing that study. But um, yeah, we're really excited to study First Peter. So if you've been with us long at all, you know, we like to talk about a glimpse of grace mm-hmm. and that's how we have seen God's grace in our lives in the big ways, in the small ways, all the ways in between, because it's just... Um, kind of a good centering point to always bring ourselves back to thankfulness and gratefulness mm-hmm. and how have we seen God's grace. So how have you seen God's grace in your life, maybe over over the summer even? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... I feel like this has
0: been such a weird summer. Like, it seems like it's been a really long summer, even though we still have a month left. It's felt weird to me,
1: too. Yeah, Yeah. but
0: it it seems like it's going fast and slow. And anyway... She says
1: month left. We're recording this in July. Yes, yes. So when you listen, you will not have a month left of summer. (laughs)
0: Yeah. no. So I think one... The first thing that came to mind when we were thinking about, like, glimpses of grace over the summer is just how beautiful... The body of Christ is like the gift of the local church, Mm -hmm. but also just the way God brings people together. So I think of the women from PAO, I think of um, just the different people that God has brought to our local church that have been so crucial in helping you know, put on ministry for our kids this summer and different things that I didn't know a year ago, some of these people, and yet now they're so integral to the work that God is doing through our church. And so So I've just been so amazed at God's grace and the way he brings people
1: together to Mm -hmm. accomplish his mission. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. I love the comfort that that brings Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. it's just a reminder that we have no idea what's, ahead Mm -hmm. for us like we try to plan and you're not as much of a control freak as I am but (laughs) I I like to be in control like I like to know the plan I like to that's where a lot of my anxiety comes from I'm Mm -hmm. starting to learn like I'm trying to control the future and Mm -hmm. that's not my job like I and I can't do that like even if I wanted to I couldn't because I don't know yeah um like Aaron said, some of these people we didn't even know a year ago. Mm-hmm. We would have never imagined that we would mm-hmm. get to partner with pro athletes outreach. Like mm-hmm. it's just incredible um, the things God has in front of us. And so like to me, that's very comforting to know that ultimately he's in control and I'm not. Mm-hmm. And his plans are always bigger and better. And mm-hmm. so I love that. I think that's such a good reminder. And I love that he's shown you that like through people, yeah. through, through his church and through his people.
0: Yeah, I think of like the Piper quote that's like, God is always doing like a million things and you might be aware of three of them. Oh yeah. If even
1: that, that. yes, I love it. So for me, um, mine is something that actually happened within this last week. So Mm. my, one of my very best friends from growing up, her um, dad passed away this past week and she was that friend that we spent, every waking moment together. Mm. Like I was either at her house or she was at mine in high school. Like we would spend school nights together. Mm -hmm. Um, I would go with her camping at the lake and like we would go on like Thursday night and then her dad would bring us into town on Friday morning to go to school, pick us up, take (laughs) us back to the lake. Like we basically Mm -hmm. lived together. Um, Her dad. So I spent so much time with her dad and um, he passed away last week and I was just really sad and just, you know, heartbroken Mm -hmm. for the family and um it popped up on my memories on Facebook I didn't even remember I didn't even know what day it was his memorial service was on the exact same day 10 years to the day that we had our memorial service for our son Isaac Mm. and it was uh, six years from the day that we had a memorial service for my Mm -hmm. friend Julie And so to me, that was just such a glimpse of God's grace. Like Mm -hmm. we're talking about, like with his sovereignty and he's shown me over the years that like he uses patterns. Um, He's a God of order. Mm -hmm. And, and just to see that, and it was just a little whisper of Casey, I'm in control. Like there's no coincidence, Mm -hmm. um, at all. I'm in control. I have this, I have you, I have your friend, um, It was just a sweet moment because Mm -hmm. like I said, I didn't even know. Of course, I knew Isaac's birthday had been Mm -hmm. a few days before, but I forget what day we had his service on. That's not a date that stands out in my mind. And so when that showed up, I was like, just thank you, God, for your grace. And it just gave me that peace and that calm that I needed. So Mm -hmm. that was just
0: really, really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I love how God, like we said, is doing a million things Mm -hmm. and how he just reveals his grace to us in in different ways. If if you're on the lookout for it, you'll notice there are a million things that he's doing. Yeah. 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 Okay, so let's talk about what we're going to do today and why we're starting this series this way.
1: So today we're going to talk about a few different things. So we're going to start talking about the gospel mm-hmm. because it's the foundation. It's yes. it's the very foundation of what we should be doing, how we should be living. Everything mm-hmm. should flow out of the gospel. And then we're going to talk about um, study and how we study the Bible, why we study the Bible, mm-hmm. some spiritual disciplines. And then we're going to kind of zoom in into one method that if you are going through the PAO study, it's the method that they use. It's called inductive study, and mm-hmm. it's a wonderful method. And so we're going to kind of zoom in on that a little bit and walk through that. Um, if you choose to study first Peter this way with us. Mm hmm.
0: Awesome. Okay, so let's start with the gospel. Let's hear your gospel elevator pitch. Elevator? Why did I say it like that? Elevator. That sounds weird. <laughs> elevator? No. Elevator. Oh,
1: elevator. Elevator. <laughs>
0: Let's hear your definition of the gospel.
1: Gospel. What does gospel mean? Gospel means good news. And so I feel like I didn't even know that until I was Mm -hmm. a little bit like older. But gospel means good news. And it is not just the good news. It is the best news that you can ever imagine. Um, So let's go back to the garden. Adam and Eve were in the garden. They disobeyed God by eating the fruit that he told them not to. And so because of this, instead of living in peace with God, now the relationship was marred and it was Mm -hmm. broken. So from that moment on, they needed a savior. They needed a blood sacrifice to atone for their sins. Um, And because of their sin, we also need a Savior. Mm -hmm. Um, And many times when you hear the gospel explained, people start with, well, Jesus was born, you Mm -hmm. know, on Christmas, but actually you can go back further than that. You can go back to the garden and we see a glimpse of the gospel all the way back in Genesis 3.15, right Mm -hmm. after they ate that fruit. And God said, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his is heal. So all the way from the get beginning, you can even say before the beginning, yeah. like God had this plan mm-hmm. um, in place for our salvation. Um, and then If you're a Baptist, you probably know the Romans Road, or you Mm -hmm. might have heard the Romans Road, but you can go to Romans, and it kind of walks through this. Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and fall short of of the glory of God, because because of that sin um, from Adam, we're all sinners now. Mm -hmm. Um, Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So if we were left to our own devices, if we were left to the punishment of our own sin, we would be in hell for eternity. We would Mm -hmm. not have eternal life with God. Um, But because of Jesus... Because of his blood sacrifice, um, we're able to have that eternal life because he lived a perfect life. And so his blood is able to atone for our sin. He is able to be the ultimate sacrifice for us. Mm-hmm. And it says in Romans 5, 8, but God shows his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And then Romans 8, 1 through 2, there is now, therefore now no con- condemnation. I always have trouble with that word. That's a hard one. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus for the law. Of the Spirit of Life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. So when we are covered by the blood of Jesus, we—it's um, called imputed righteousness. We now have His righteousness, mm-hmm. and God looks at us as clean, um, white as snow. Um, and so that's kind of that elevator pitch. But then it's important to remember it doesn't stop there. Mm-hmm. And it's not just the gospel isn't just the moment you're saved and then, oh, someday I live in heaven. Like there's this whole time between there where mm-hmm. we are being sanctified. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more. And so the gospel is not just what saves us. It keeps us during that time. It's going to keep us forever, but it keeps us every single day. Mm-hmm. And that's part of why we wanted to start with the gospel is because we're going to talk about, okay, what now? Like mm-hmm. we're saved. How do I live out every single day of an overflow of what the gospel has done for me? Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. And I think
0: it's a really good point because like you're saying, most people will start the gospel with, well, Jesus was born. And, and I think When we don't look all the way back to Genesis, we're like, well, why do I need a savior? Like, I had thoughts like that. Like, when I was younger, I was like, well, I'm pretty good. Like, why is everybody saying you need a savior, Mm -hmm. you know? And so we have to look further back. And I think another way to kind of summarize the way you just beautifully laid that out was we often will call this like the narrative of scripture, Mm meta-narrative of scripture, or story of scripture, but it can be categorized into creation, fall, redemption, and restoration. So like Casey said, creation is like God existed in in perfect harmony and, and created the world. Fall, like Casey just mentioned, is where sin enters the world where man chose that they thought they were better than God or wanted to be their own gods, and so they chose to step into sin. And then that's pretty much all of the Old Testament leading up until Jesus comes, and then Jesus comes and redeems us through his life, death, and resurrection on the cross and his ascension back up into heaven. And now that's where we are. We're in between this redemption and restoration. And the gospel, like Casey said, doesn't end at the redemption. Like He says it is finished because he has paid for our Mm -hmm. sins and he has imputed his righteousness to us, but it's not done. We don't see it saying it is done until the end of Revelation. Mm -hmm. And that means that he is not only redeeming us back to himself, but it's much bigger than that. He is redeeming us but it's also he's redeeming all of creation. Mm -hmm. He's not only redeeming the relationship that was marred between us and God, but also the relationship that was marred by sin between us and each Each other. other. And so there's such a big picture of the gospel that – sometimes we hone in on just the personal aspect of the gospel. Jesus saved me from my sin, which is 100% true. But it's even more beautiful if we step back a little bit and, and look at the whole story of Scripture and see the whole story as the gospel and see that God is not only redeeming us, but so much more than that, which causes should cause in us an awe and a, and a wonder and an amazement and a humbling and just cause us to then... In turn, like Casey said, what do we do now right. until he comes back again and all things are restored? Like, what do we do now? We want to become more like mm-hmm. Christ. We yeah. want to continue that redemptive power that Christ has in our relationships with one another, in our mm-hmm. relationship with creation, in our relationship with God. That should, that should be our response to what God has done through the gospel in our
1: lives. Yeah. I mean, if you sit in that, the gospel saves me, it saves me, it saves me. And you don't think about how it affects other things in your life. Mm -hmm. Like I just think about like how not peaceful that could Mm -hmm. be. Like you're Mm -hmm. sitting there with your kids and they're screaming and fighting and you're like, well, the gospel saved me, the -hmm. gospel saved me. And you don't let that affect your relationships Mm -hmm. with your kids or your spouse or your friends. Um, I think it just makes such a difference in how you live your everyday life. Mm -hmm. If you start to look more outward instead of inward with the gospel. So I love that reminder. That's good. That's good. So the gospel, like we said, is what everything
0: we do flows Mm -hmm. out of. Like Casey said, it's not just what saves us, but it's what keeps us, which, I mean, we've heard that from a lot of people, but I'm giving you credit for it right now. (laughs) Um, And so like what, what. What is our, like we're saying, our response is, is in awe and worship, but what does that look like for our every day? How do we respond to the gospel and not just a, I want to be saved type way, but how do we continue to respond to the gospel each day?
1: Well, when you love somebody, you want to spend time with them, right? Yeah. And... As you are saved by the gospel and the power of the Holy Spirit and you come to faith in Jesus, then you love God Mm -hmm. and you want to spend time with him and you want to spend time with Jesus. And God says he is the word like Mm -hmm. Jesus is the word. And so you need to spend time in his scriptures. That's one of the ways that you get to know who he is. Mm -hmm. We can also commune with him through through worship and through prayer. And there, there are other ways to spend time with the Lord. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, but his scriptures are one of the main, it's one of the main ways that you spend time with him and that you, that you know him more and more deeply. And so it's such an important discipline, Mm -hmm. um, and I have seen this in my life as I have spent more time in his word, just my knowledge of who he is and how it affects my day-to-day life Mm -hmm. has been impacted so much. And so that's just um, a really, it's just a really important thing. So let's talk about spiritual disciplines a little bit. When we talk about spending time with the Lord, the spiritual disciplines kind of encompass different ways that Mm -hmm. we can do that. So why don't you talk about that just a little bit? Yeah, I think a good way to think about
0: spiritual disciplines is I come back to the questions from catechism. It says like, what is the chief end of man? Mm -hmm. It says to enjoy God and to glorify him forever. So if we're thinking about those two things, to enjoy him and to glorify him, the ways to do that are the avenues that God has given us to enjoy him and to glorify him are through the spiritual disciplines. I mean, we can't enjoy someone, like you said, if we don't spend time with them. And we can't glorify them if we don't know them or what kind of things would glorify them. And so... Like Casey said, there's many spiritual disciplines and there's some really fantastic books about spiritual disciplines. So if that's something that's like catching your attention and the Holy Spirit's like wanting you to learn more about that, we can plug a couple we resources. we did a series a we while did, back. We did do a series on it. Yeah. Um, and But basically to just think about it, I think, um, i trying to think, I think it was maybe, oh, I don't want to say the wrong person, but it was either D.A. Carson or Don Whitney. But one of them was talking about like if you're going to train for a marathon, like you're going to spend time on a treadmill or right. outside running. And and so if we're saying our chief end, like that person's chief end would be to run a marathon. If our chief end is to enjoy God and glorify him forever, then we're going to do the things that will help us to do that. Right. And so th- like Casey said, the main um, one is is just be in God's word mm-hmm. because that's how he's chosen to reveal to us who he is. And so if we want to be with him and enjoy him, we have to know who he right. is. And so that's kind of our main focus here on the podcast is to help you and encourage you and equip you to feel like you can come to your Bible and spend time with God because it can be intimidating, right? It can be like, so intimidating. okay, here's this
1: book. There's a lot of big words. There's some weird names. A lot of pages. I mean, I'm looking at my, I, there's, there's thousands of pages. Like, it's like crazy, like 2000 pages in this Bible. Yeah. And so it
0: it can feel like, well, how does opening this ancient text, how am I enjoying God or how am I spending time with God by doing that? And so just at the end. At the get-go, we just want to acknowledge that everybody's coming from different places on what it looks like to engage in these spiritual disciplines, to engage in study. Um, And so as you hear us, don't feel, don't hear us saying, this is the way you have to enjoy God. Or if you don't do it this way, you're doing it wrong. Or this is going to come really naturally to you. Or this is going to always be easy and always be immediately fruitful. Don't hear us say that, but do hear us say that it, it is always good and God is always doing something like we said at the beginning of the show God is doing a million things and you might be aware of three of them and that is so true when we that when coming to spiritual disciplines. You might read your Bible you might spend time in prayer and then walk away and feel like I don't even I, I didn't get the warm and fuzzies. But God doesn't only work in the warm and fuzzies. And so anyways, spiritual disciplines are just the way that we get to enjoy God and we get to glorify him forever. And so when we're going to be mostly talking about study, we don't want to forsake other disciplines. Um, Sometimes what happens is maybe if you're like me, you're wired to really naturally fall into a certain spiritual discipline. For me, that is study. Mm -hmm. For you, that might be prayer. That might be Mm -hmm. fasting. If it's fasting, good for you. I don't know who naturally leans toward fasting, (laughs) but it might be meditation or memorization or, or a different one. But my encouragement, um, would be to kind of not only focus on study at the cost of other disciplines. Mm -hmm. For me, sometimes that looks like I get so, um, in love with study that it'll come at the cost of prayer. Mm -hmm. I'll say, okay, I have 20 minutes to read my Bible right now before my kids get up. I'm just going to read my Bible. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, I didn't pray. I didn't invite God into that time. I didn't pray at the end and ask him to transform my heart and reveal to me ways that I'm not living this out. I just studied for the sake of Aaron wants to study. Mm -hmm. And so kind of just take maybe a little inventory before we start actually getting into the text next week. Mm -hmm. And just ask the Lord, like, what does it look like for you to engage in this study the way that it's designed, which is study intensive, Mm -hmm. but also be prayerful, be worshipful, be able to meditate on the scripture, not just check the box of reading it and
1: memorize scripture. Memorize scripture. That's a tough one for me. Yes. But it's so valuable when I do it. I'm so thankful and the Lord will bring these verses to mind, Mm -hmm. you know, at the perfect time, but it's a discipline and it's hard.
0: Yep. Yep. Anything else you want to say about about disciplines in general before we move into no study. no that's
1: good um I do want to talk about a little bit I mean we said okay why is this hard so I think about this shirt <laughs> that I saw recently um from an account I follow on Instagram and it says I am the little literal worst <laughs> and it has um first Timothy one fifteen beside it or like The reference underneath it, it says the saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the foremost. (laughs) And so back to the gospel, right? Everything comes back to the gospel. We are sinners. And because of that marred relationship between us and God, It's not really our natural bent Mm -hmm. to want to spend that time with him. Um, That's something that we have to pray for. And we have to, like Aaron said, practice Mm -hmm. and be disciplined. Um, So how can we fight for this? Like I said, pray for that desire. Philippians 2.13, we both love this verse. Mm-hmm. It says, For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. And I've heard mm-hmm. so many women say, you know what? I prayed for that desire, mm-hmm. and it's there. Yep. The Lord has been so faithful and yep. so gracious and so kind to give me that desire to spend time with him and to feed on his word. Um Like we already talked about, practice the spiritual disciplines. The more you practice them, Mm -hmm. the more natural it'll become. Another thing that's important is to create margin in your day. Um, Build in that time. Make it a priority. Just Mm -hmm. like you make other things a priority, make it a priority. If your schedule is too busy to spend time with the Lord, maybe reevaluate and say, what can I take out? What can I change Mm -hmm. to spend time with the Lord? That doesn't have to be the traditional, quote unquote, quiet time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that we always heard about growing up. It doesn't have Mm -hmm. to be at six o'clock in the morning, 30 minutes by yourself, Mm -hmm. you know, in your chair with your coffee. It can be with your kids around the breakfast table. It can be, Mm -hmm. you know, in the evenings. It can be in the middle of the day. It can look a little bit unconventional and that's okay, but it's just important that you spend time with the Lord. Most important is to give yourself grace. God gives us grace. Mm -hmm. And we talked about those glimpses of grace at the beginning. And I tend to say, Okay, well, I messed up. It's all over. Like I do that with everything, with a diet, with with mm-hmm. anything. I'm like, well, I messed it up. I did the wrong thing. I said the wrong thing. I just ruined it all. I'm mm-hmm. so I'm so dramatic about it, <laughs> and. It's easy to do that with the Bible too. You miss a day in your reading plan and it's like, oh well, the whole year's ruined. Mm-hmm. The whole year's blown. You mm-hmm. miss you you miss a day in your study and it's like, well, you know, I'm not gonna be able to keep up when we when we meet to talk about it or whatever it is. No, there's so much grace. Mm-hmm. Just pick up where you left off. Just dive in, read one verse a day if you need to. Give yourself grace. Because God gives us grace. Yeah. Give others grace yep. for it too, you know, if you're meeting with women, give them grace. They have things going on in their life. So And either way, those were just a few thoughts. um, I think
0: I'll just add on there, like some of you who are listening to this are doing this with other women already Mm -hmm. through PAO, through our local church. But if you're not, I would encourage you maybe to grab someone to do it with, because I think accountability makes a big difference. too. Absolutely. And like you said, give each other grace, obviously. But there's a difference in between giving each other grace and saying that's okay. It's not a big deal that you didn't read it, like whatever. And then then there's a difference in being like, how can I help mm-hmm. you this week to yeah. create margin in your right. life? Can right. I take your kids? Mm-hmm. Can, can I, can we sit together and do it while our kids go play? Um, and so I think there's a difference when we say give each other grace, that doesn't mean just like cast off all. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like just to say it doesn't Just excuse it away. Yeah. And, yeah. And yeah. But for find sure. ways to help yeah, each other. To help each other. Yeah. And
1: to not be like, judgmental about it. Well, Mm -hmm. you didn't do it, so you can't participate in this conversation or you can't, you know, whatever it is. Um, Yeah, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the inductive study Mm -hmm. method. Mm -hmm. How does it, what is it? Yeah, so the way we are Crafting
0: this study is crafting. That sounds weird. Um, <laughs> the way we are hoping to walk through this study is is called an inductive study method. You may have heard of that. You may not have. Doesn't matter whether you've heard it or not, because we're going to talk about it. So before I even explain exactly what it is, the reason we're doing it this way is because Casey and I have both found this to be the most transformative way to study. Would you say that? Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because um, you may have not you, Casey, I'm looking at you, but like, <laughs> as you are listening to this, you may have had different experiences with opening God's word. Like we mentioned before, you may be, you know, read a verse here or there, or maybe yeah. you've done studies that have been written, you know, and kind of fed to you as far yeah. as what to read. And so this may seem kind of like, Oh, this is a lot of work on my end. But the reason we're, we're walking through it this way is because it has been the most transformative and fruitful.
1: And it actually is less overwhelming yeah, if you um, really learn what each of these points mean, mm-hmm. like what you should do with it. Because I remember I used to really desire to just open my Bible and study without right. A an additional or, guide yeah. or like an additional study. Um, and I would feel so lost. Mm-hmm. I would read it and just be like okay. Yeah. Like not that God can't work through that, but I just felt very overwhelmed. And like, what do I write down? Like I wanted to journal and I was like, what do I do? So these three kind of steps helps you hone in on exactly what Mm -hmm. to focus on and exactly how to break it down verse by verse. And it's just so helpful. Yeah,
0: that's really good. So um, we always say start with background and context, which we'll walk through on the next week's episode. But as you're kind of Leading up to that, you can. Say, Who's the author? When mm-hmm. was it written? Yeah. Where are we in the big story of Scripture? Mm-hmm. Um, if you're in the Old Testament, you're probably around between Fall and Redemption. But First Peter we're going to find is between the same where we're living where now we are between now. Redemption yep. and Restoration. So kind of locate where you're at. Start with context at the beginning of any book, mm-hmm. and then in each. Um, each passage that we're going to break the text into, you'll kind of answer three questions. So some people call it comprehension or observation is step one, which is basically just what does it say, Mm -hmm. right? Step two, interpretation, what does it mean? That's the hardest one if we're being honest, but we'll explain it a little bit more. And then step three is application. What do I do now? Mm -hmm. What do I do because of what I've read? So let's kind of break those down a little bit. Observations, like we said I feel like that's the most clear cut ones. Mm -hmm. What does it say? I often will just rewrite the scripture in my own words. Like paraphrase it. Yeah, paraphrase it, summarize it. Sometimes I write it in the actual words because I'm like, there's no other way to say that. Um, So it's really one uh, thing that I found helpful was someone said, it's like, if if you were going to take a pop quiz on that passage uh you read, what would be the notes you would Yeah, that's helpful to me. And this is the one that most people, myself included, are tempted to skip.
1: Head right to interpretation yes. or application. Yes. yes,
0: but try not to do that. Even if it feels redundant, you're like, mm-hmm. "Well, I don't, I don't have time to do that today." Like, really try to do that because it helps you remember the text. And if we truly want to apply it and have it transform our hearts, we have to remember what it said. Mm-hmm. And so, writing it will help us. That's to do that. why
1: I like using the term comprehension, and mm-hmm. that's what Jen Wilkin uses. That yeah, I like that for a couple of different reasons because it makes it says cia yeah, comprehension yeah. interpretation application so it's easy for me to remember that but then i also like that because it's easy for me to think okay how do i comprehend this yes that's good so that's good. it like kind of it helps me know like what that step is mm-hmm. to like it helps you comprehend what the author and the Holy Spirit, yeah. what the Holy Spirit is trying to say through this. So if we say
0: interpretation, the next step is what does it mean? And that we say that one's the most complicated. Like how would you give some tips on interpreting?
1: So first of all, um, it's always important to read the text and to sit in it, um, to let the Holy Spirit do his work mm-hmm. and to, um, See, you know, what you just like on your own through the power of the Holy Spirit can interpret it to say that's, that's an important thing. And that's hard to do, Mm -hmm. um, because we want to jump to, no, I want an answer. Like I want someone to tell me. So that's something that in this step you definitely should do is sit in the text and let the Holy Spirit work. Um, you can also, you can use scripture to interpret scripture. Mm -hmm. This is where a good study Bible is so super, super helpful, um,
0: I think that's incredibly helpful when it comes to interpreting scripture. Oh, for sure. Because while we yes, sit in the scripture, let God reveal things to you, but we do have to remind ourselves like we're not deciding what it meant. Like the question says like what oh, what no. does it mean? Mm-hmm. We don't get to assign it a meaning, but we get to discover the meaning, and there is actually a really big difference in that because we don't get to we don't get to decide what it means, but we get to try to discover that. And that's where this kind of can sometimes feel a little hard, but like you're saying, sit in the passage, use scripture to interpret scripture. Then you don't have to feel like, okay, well I, I get to decide what this means, you know, cause my tendency is like, Ooh, I kind of get to decide what this means. And instead it's like,
1: no, God had an intended meaning did, through yes. his original uh-huh. author. Yep. And so we're just working to, to kind of discover mm-hmm. what that is. yeah, yeah, that's good. That's a good reminder. So yeah, use scripture to interpret scripture. You can look your um, study Bible There's a couple of different ways you can do this in your study Bible. Most of the time, they'll have over to the side, on Mm -hmm. the little side margins, there will be other text that refer to these same thing, references. Sometimes in the bottom, in the commentary, there will be things. And then in the back, there's also a correspondence Mm -hmm. where you can look up certain...
0: um, Keywords.
1: Keywords. I'm trying to think category, you Mm -hmm. know, certain subjects um, that you can see where else you find those yeah. in scripture. If you want to yeah. look up suffering, cause we're going to talk about suffering in first Peter, you can see, Oh, it also talks about that in James. Yeah. Um, so the Bible will not contradict itself and God has always been, and will always be the same. And that's something to remember because sometimes scripture does appear to contradict mm-hmm. itself. Um, Those passages are the ones you might have to sit in a little bit longer. You might have to go to more commentary, talk to people about them, because sometimes it feels like, well, this scripture says this, and this one says this, like James talking about faith and works, and then so many times... Paul, you know, talks about how you're saved through faith only. Mm -hmm. It's not about works, and it's like, well, those two guys are saying two different things, and it's really, really confusing. And that's where doing theology and community comes, Mm -hmm. and um, listening to this show Mm because we'll
0: help kind of work through some of those. Oh yeah, we'll tell you
1: all the answers, (laughs) all the answers. (laughs) Just kidding, just kidding. Um, So like we talked about, context is important to interpreting as well. Who was the intended audience? What was going on in culture? Where is it in the biblical narrative? Like we talked about, where is it in the story of scripture? Um, It's important to remember, like we were just saying, Scripture will not contradict itself because it is inspired by God. Yeah. It's God breathed. Second Timothy says that all scripture is breathed out by God. It's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction and for training and righteousness that the man of God may be complete equipped for every good work. And so that is key to remember. We believe mm-hmm. that the Bible is divine. It is inspired by God. It mm-hmm. is, um, inerrant. There's, there's no error in the Bible, um. Yeah, I already talked about sitting in the passage. Mm-hmm. Um, I love this verse that Natalie pointed out in Acts 17. So Natalie wrote the study for PAO when we refer to Natalie. Mm-hmm. Um, she said in Acts 17, 11, it says, Now these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. So you often hear when you go to church on Sunday mornings, your pastor will say, open your Bible, Mm -hmm. read with me, because they want you to know that it's not them. You know, it's, it's, this is from the word of God. And it's important to examine the scriptures for yourself. Not, don't just take what we're saying. Yeah. Um, You know, don't just take Natalie's commentary, like, open the word for yourself and mm-hmm. study the bible for yourself. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Then we move
0: on to application.
1: Was there something else you were going to say about that though?
0: About what, wrestling with the text? Oh, I was just going to encourage you there's there's some hard things in well all the bible, but in 1st Peter that are not get like we're saying sit in the text. We're not saying like just sit in it for one day and then it's like all of a sudden you're going to have the answer. Like there is some stuff like even from when we did Genesis two years ago mm-hmm. that I still wrestle. wrestle with. Yeah, and so my encouragement would just be don't feel like you have to have the answer to move on right? because yeah. otherwise I'd still be in Genesis three <laughs> and I yeah. would not move on. So yes. there are some things That's that so we're true. just going to have to continue to mm-hmm. wrestle with that yep. the Lord's going to continue. So don't be discouraged if after a day or so you're like, well, I've sat in it now. I would like this amazing clarity on it. And and sometimes God will do that. Mm-hmm. But also sometimes you might have to continue to wrestle. It's
1: okay to move on. And yeah, yeah, yeah it's good. Yeah. So then we go to application. Application. Can you tell us a little bit about application?
0: Well, I like, so my girls, I've been working through a little Bible study journal with them, and and the way they word it is how do I respond, which I usually say, Mm. well, what do I do? But I like the word respond respond. because it brings it back to the gospel, Mm -hmm. right? If all of this is in in response to the gospel, Mm -hmm. then how do I respond to this specific text in light of the gospel. So what do I do? And so I think often for me, probably most often, it looks like repentance because the text will bring awareness to a way that maybe I'm not living the way I'm called to, or I'm... Either doing something wrong or not doing something conviction. I should do. Or yes, God brings conviction. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's like a very practical application. Like it says, okay, love your neighbor as yourself. Then I can ask the Lord, like, what does it look like for me to love mm-hmm. my neighbor well this week? So I think just thinking of like, how do I respond? And often that looks like in in praise and adoration. I think it either looks like in most, it could be a lot of things. But most times it either comes back to repentance or worship. Would you agree?
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's good. One of the things I put on application here, but I was just thinking in my head, I'm like, wait, maybe that's under interpretation, is asking, what does the text teach me about God? You think that'd be application or interpretation? I would put that under interpretation,
0: but then I think it would make sense in application to then what does that mean in our life right maybe
1: that's what i was thinking in my head like what's the doxology that comes flows from this truth about god yeah this has been transformative to my study asking these questions of who god is what does this say about god um and even keeping a list Mm -hmm. of his attributes i mean there's there's so many attributes so you know all the lists aren't all, all inclusive, but keeping a list and looking mm-hmm. for those specific things throughout scripture. And then, like you said, praising him for that um, or repenting of trying to be that yeah. when I am not like mm-hmm. trying to be um, omniscient. That yeah. is my like <laughs> kryptonite. Oh, trying to be all knowing mm-hmm. and just repenting of God, I am not all knowing you are. So that can flow from from that truth.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really good point of like we didn't talk about that much in interpretation, but that's always the first thing I do. Even like with with my girls and the, they're seven in the book that in their little journal, the first thing we always talk about is what do we see about God in this text? So, yeah, I think that's a really good point uh-huh. to keep a list beside is, yeah. is really helpful.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have bookmarks but I think we've used them all. Yeah. Um, and then I liked again, back to Natalie, she said this in the study, but she said, we first have to ask, um, what does this verse mean before we can ask, what does this verse mean to me? Mm-hmm. Um, so this is why going through the interpretation phase is so important. So if we skip to application and we're like, well, what does this mean to me? We've missed, well, what, like yeah. Aaron said, like, God wrote the Bible with an intended purpose. Mm-hmm. What was the intended purpose? Or what is the closest to that intended purpose yeah. as we can get um, before we say, okay, how does this apply to my life?
0: Because that's a really good point. It can't mean something to you now that it couldn't have meant to the original, original audience.
1: right, right. Matt Chandler said that when he was talking, it was Matt, right? I think I it was know. Matt. When he was talking, um, when he was teaching through Revelation, and mm-hmm. that was huge mm-hmm. because people turn Revelation into all sorts of things. Yeah, And so keeping that in mind, like... Okay, what was John saying to his original audience mm-hmm. in Revelation, you yeah. know, um, through the empowering of the Holy Spirit? So, yes, application. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> inductive study. I feel like we just covered a whole, I know. whole bunch. I know. Between the gospel, inductive studies, spiritual yeah. disciplines.
0: You may want to go back and... listen to this like in pieces or (laughs) something but we just wanted to start this series this way because next week we'll we'll be jumping actually into the text as we go through background information Mm -hmm. and context so the way it'll work um, if you're going to follow along with us is you will spend the time in the text before you listen to us and if you don't get a chance to you can still listen, but our heart and our hope is that, like mm-hmm. we said, you will be able to learn how to and practice these mm-hmm. observations, interpretations, and applications before you hear us teach on it. Because you don't want us to give you those points. We we want God to give you those. You don't want
1: to cheat. You want the yes,
0: answers. exactly. Because <laughs> we have all the answers, right? Um, <laughs> but yeah, so the, the idea is that you will spend the time in the yes. text. So before you come to back next week, you just need to read the first two verses of First Peter. Yep. Easy peasy.
1: Talk to you next
0: week. If you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free
1: to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. And most importantly, share with a friend. The beautiful music that you've heard on this episode today is by the incredibly talented Katie Cobbs.